Let the chaos reign. Chaos Reign presents How I Become Conscious with guests most Zozar. This is broadcast October the 11th, 2020. Enjoy. Solutions hosted by Tyrone Thompson at TalkRealSolutions.com are the views of Tyrone Thompson and do not reflect the views of TalkRealSolutions.com, YouTube, or etc. The content here belongs to Talk Real Solutions and its many contributors. Views and opinions expressed by all contributors belong to them and not TalkRealSolutions.com or Tyrone Thompson, the host, or etc. All data and 
information provided on the site is for informational purposes only. Talk Real Solutions makes no representations as to accuracy, completeness, correctness, suitability, or validity of any information on this site and will not be liable for any errors, omissions, or delays in this information or any losses, injuries, or damages arising from its display or use. All information is provided on an as-is basis. In a world where there's crime, corruption, murder, violence, rape, death, and all forms of atrocity that plagues the world in which we live in today, what you're witnessing, we are living in a state of chaos. And I take a more greater or extremer chaos to restore the order in which the world we live in today. Good evening, black people. This is chaos here. Okay, Gary. Tonight, I have a very much of an interesting um, guest with it. a very unique, um, not experience, but something that we could all relate to in this stream tonight. And I think we could learn a lot. But before we get into the meat of the matters, I would like for everybody to go to TalkRealSolutions.com. On TalkRealSolutions.com, you'll see not only the list of three-point plan, black empowerment, black achievement, Black Savage Banks. But in the website itself, it got the latest news articles and things that's going or is trending in the world today, um, even during this uncertain election that's coming up. Um, all the information is given out in the website. So go to talkrealsolutions.com to find the latest news and rated articles, blogs, etc. on the website. Also on the website, there is a donation tab where you can donate to the um, show and to the um, many of the endeavors here in Talk Real Solutions. Um, what else? Oh, yes. We also are streaming on Facebook. Go to Talk Real Solutions on Facebook. And we are also streaming on YouTube. You can find us on Talk Real Solutions on YouTube. If you're not subscribed to the one on the YouTube channel, um, my thing, like always, what I do, um, because now that everything's moved back the way it is on YouTube, you just hit the subscribe button and hit the top bell. You might have to redo this because, as you know, we were not putting up much content for a while. So, yeah, it would be good if you go back to the um and refresh, re-add back yourself, subscribe, and hit the top bell so you get the automatic notifications for Talk World Solutions. Um, yeah, so as you know, everything's streaming now on both ends, so you will not miss a beat, not at all. Um, one other thing, um, before we get started, let me read what I've didn't get a chance to bring up. And this is an article, and I might just put this maybe in the description or in the comment sections of this particular broadcast. And this is from Fox News. 
I'm not sure when this was published. Um, a month ago, but still relevant. Chinese virologists, China government, intentionally released COVID-19. It says here, I work in Hume Reference Labs, which is top of the coronavirus lab in the world. And let's follow, and there's an audio video, which I am not going to play. I'm just going to read this. The Chinese government intentionally manufactured and released the COVID-19 virus, and that led to mass shutdowns and deaths across the world. A top virologist and whistleblower told Fox News host Tucker Carlson on Tuesday. And Carlson specifically asked Dr. Lingming Yen whether she believes the Chinese Communist Party released the virus on purpose. She said yes, of course. Is intentionally she respond on Tucker Carlson tonight. Yen said more evidence would be released, but points to her own high-ranking position at the World Health Organization referring labs as a reason to trust her allegations. I work in the WHO or HW or WHO reference lab, which is the top coronavirus labs in the world, in the University of Hong Kong. And the thing is, I get deeply into such investigations in secret from the early beginnings of this outbreak. I had my intelligence because I also get my own unit network in China, involving in the hospitals, and I work with the top coronavirus, what they call virologists in the world, she said. Exclusive Chinese virologists accused Beijing of coronavirus cover-up and flees Hong Kong. I know how they treat whistleblowers. Oh, yeah, you know what they treat whistleblowers. The const, always the, the result is actual death, as they all know. They don't play in outside America in regards to other nations, in regards to whistleblowers, um, people that trying to, I guess, cause certain ruckus in their communities, their states, their countries. They put a very much a cap on a lot of people if they are found in that way. Um, let me see. Where was I? Okay. So together with my experience, Ms. Lang's speaking, I can tell you this is created in the lab, and also it is spread to the world to make such damage. Yan comments conflicting with the opinions of Dr. Anthony Falky, director of the National Institute of Allergy and Infectious Disease, and the White House coronavirus advisor who previously cast doubt on the idea that the virus was artificially created. In May, he told National Geographic, if you look at the evolution of the virus in bats and what's out there now, is very, very strongly learned towards this virus. Could not have been artificially or deliberately manipulated. The way the mutation has naturally evolved, other scientists have handed the idea that coronavirus or COVID-19 serves as a sort of bioweapon or was released by the lab. Fox News previously re- reports 
of Yan back in July when she blew the whistle on China alleged attempts to suppress information about the handlings of the virus. With the vast network on contracts in Chinese medical facilities, Yan attempts to gather more information about the virus and China blocks overseas experts from conducting research in the country. Her revelations flew or fueled outgoing complaints that the Chinese government failed to tell the world early on about the virus threatening or threats. Specifically, she believes the Chinese government ignored research that could have saved lives. The State Department did not immediately respond to Fox News' request for comment. In response, her former employee of the University of Hong Kong criticized her account. A press release notes that the content on the said news report does not accord with the key facts as we understand them. Let me go down. And as it concludes, specifically, Dr. Yan never conducted any research on human-to-human transmission of the novel coronavirus at the University of Hong Kong. During December 2019 and January 2020, her central assertions of the said or the said interviews, Yan, who said she was one of the first scientists in the world to study the novel coronavirus, fled China and currently fears retaliation. She was alleged as by her supervisors at the University of H, or actually WHO, Reference Labs, Dr. Leo Poon, in 2019, to look up into the odd cluster of SARS-like cases coming out of mainland China at the end of December 2019. And that's just um, a little reading. And normally this came out roughly almost a month ago, I believe. It didn't really get much circulation. But, you know, I don't deal with these type of um, situations that's happening out to America. But I'd like to share that just for some little insight. But, you know, like I said, people knew this came from Asia, so there's no secret to that. I mean, if you didn't know, now you know. Okay. But on to the subject at hand. Tonight's subject, Chaos Rain presents How I Become Conscious. And this is a new guest, first time I – actually, this is the very first time that I was referenced a guest to come on to the Chaos Rain channel. So this will be a real good one. i like to introduce no other than Moose Zoros. I think that's how I pronounce the name. So if you're there, Moose Zoros, press star six one. I can see you now. Open your line. Hmm. You can press star six one now. Um, Zoros. Okay. Welcome. For the first time on TRS Talk Resolutions, Mister um, Zoros. I don't know if I pronounced the name right. Can you hear me there, bro? Right. You just you just go. Your bros are fine. <laughs> Um, yes. Can you hear me? Yes, I can hear you good. Are you wonderful? Oh yeah, it's uh, it's uh, the proper pronunciation was a, it was a name I was given Moose Zoser on cat, but most people just um, call me Zo for short. So you know, I just go by your bro Zo, bro. Oh, Zor is better, right? Yeah, fine. Yeah, Zoser. Uh huh. 
Go, sir. Oh, so, sir. Yes, sir. <laughs> Welcome, brother. First time as any here on TRS. Welcome. Um, before we go into your journey into consciousness, mm-hmm. I'd like to take a step back on the moment in time before we jump forward into the present and into okay. the potential future. So tell people for the first time on TRS a little bit about yourself. So, sir. Yes, yes, sir. Um, yeah, I, um, like I said, um, most people uh, know me um, as Zosa, but they kind of, everybody calls me Zosa, so uh, it's kind of turned into your bozo, but I'm a musician. Um, I've been playing music since the early 90s in different rock bands, different um, different bands, um, you know, touring around, um, playing with some, you know, some international uh, big acts. Um, I'm an author. I just put out a book called Bicultural Living and Leaving the World of Illusion. Um, I, um, I'm into metaphysics and African spirituality. You know, I, was, I just came back from Haiti studying, um, taking my first step into the initiation to Haitian voodoo. Um, and uh, I, um, I'm just, you know, I'm just doing my best to be the best person I can be and, you know, touch others so they can be the best they can be. You know what I mean? That's, you know, that's, that's pretty much where I'm at at this point in life. Okay, okay. Now, Voodoo, um, what got you? But before we go into that, um, to really talk about what is your definition of consciousness? It's, um, you know, there's definitely different levels of it, you know, because it it seems like when I first started to become, quote, unquote, conscious, it was just like the very beginning of my, you know, journey of consciousness. You know what I'm saying? So um, it's just literally just, you know, being aware and um, being aware of self, you know, being aware of your environment around you, people around, around you, um, being around what the world and the state it's in, you know, just truly looking at things through a, um, an untainted, unfiltered um, reality, you know, uh, view from your own personal reality. Okay, okay. Now, I am conscious. Um, mm-hmm. the, the book itself, is this more of a biblical, or I'm not sure, of an anthology of your life, or just something that at, at a point in your life you decide to say, you know, this journey of consciousness is something that I want to present to the world on how I view it, that it mm-hmm. helped me. Now, like the background story, um, because you are a musician, and mm-hmm. now you are now I could call you a voodoo priest in the art to understand the actual real African science. You know that mm-hmm. is being used by not only us but other non-blacks, Caucasoids, mm-hmm. and because they are studying voodoo. I want people to be mm-hmm. clear about this. They are studying our, our art. You get me? It's That's not, very not true. Uh-huh. Not, not true. You don't think so? And it, yes, it is true. One hundred percent. Okay, yeah. So, in regards to this journey of from consciousness, what are well actually, how did you came to your own awakening? Because everybody at a certain age came to an awakening. What was it which, in regards to you, that it started to come clear, or you hit that certain conscious awakening? At what age mm-hmm. it started? Uh, I would say my early twenties. Um, I talk about this in the book, but like I, I was. Um, I'm from um, 
at the time I was in Richmond, Virginia, and I was working at a um, this bank called First North American National Bank. And um, at that time, I already started kind of reading, you know, different materials and kind of started like probing out outside of just the normal um, information, you know, that most people just, you know, kind of fed uh, or, or, uh, or presented, you know. And I remember this time um, sitting in my cubicle and I had a sister across from me named Kenya and another brother named Taiki. And I didn't have much information because I was just studying and, you know, I was young. So I would just be talking to them about different situations because I, I remember I was talking to one sister, Kenya. I was like, I was like, you know, Jews are the most persecuted people ever on the planet. And, you know, she just like broke it. She broke down like how long, how many people, how long the slave trade was, how many people in Africa died. You know what I'm saying? She would just break down all the stuff I never knew. You know what I'm saying? I had no clue. You know, so she was breaking it down. And then Taki on the other end, he was breaking it down to a whole new level. So I'm, you know, they were literally like ping, ping pong with me, you know what I'm saying, with just you know, yeah. knowledge, you know what I'm saying? So I'm just sitting back like, wow, you know what I'm saying? So that was the first point when I sort of started to, I already started questioning things, but I started getting answers, you know what I'm saying, and was pointing to a direction where I could get more um um, more information to validate, you know, what these people were talking about. So it just put me on a journey right then. So that was, a, you know, just doing my own research in my, um, on things that I just wanted to find out was true on every level. You know what I'm saying? So that was that was the beginning of my journey. Oh, okay, okay, okay. Um, it's interesting that you said in your early 20s. I think, um, because I'm not sure you're a Gen Xer or Millennial, what range you fall? Uh, Gen X. Yeah. All right. So I, I would take it you're like in the late seventies, right? Exactly. Uh, mid, mid. Okay. Seventy-five. Oh, oh, wonderful, wonderful. Um, I think <laughs> what I've experienced because I think in my life I think it almost hit me in a way around the twenties, maybe mm-hmm. mid, maybe late, is around that range. But I've mm-hmm. noticed that. M- and I don't want to rub, but I'll just tell a short story myself. It didn't really start to come clear to me until I was approaching close to my 30s. Yeah. You know what yeah. I, mean? I knew it, I agree. it was around, but it, it never, I never took it seriously, like any person, like anything through walk of life or journey itself. But it started to really set in, like I said, for most humans, like once you reach the tw- late 20s, that the brain develops a certain way, depending mm-hmm. what you are absorbing, or what you're doing in regards, like say you come through information and you try to learn more, especially certain information that resonate into you spiritually, mm-hmm. then you start to go in a path to really look into more. Um, mm-hmm. One thing I think it resonated with me is when I came across a certain book dealing with black science to mm-hmm. us, and that's when it really started to piece in a lot of holes. You mm-hmm. get me? Yeah, I think definitely. for every person's journey, it has to be that not just you just awake, it is certain everything that hits you that just click and you wanna just find out more. And once you find mm-hmm. out that information and you, let's say you find a book or, you know, wherever you get it, it makes you go even further hard to see what other information out there that I never really looked into. And that's exactly. that the journey begins. Mm-hmm. And like I said, that's where most of us it starts to click. Not everybody gets mm-hmm. through the same awakening. 
on the mm-hmm. average. And I can't say it's like the, the age information that got me. It's just it was the timing of mm-hmm. everything, you know. You know, come new to these new terms like, you know, that we're living in information age, so everybody operates a little different from when the information that's presented to them. Some people mm-hmm. don't question it. But like I said, everybody awakens different in different scenarios mm-hmm. in life. You know, some people get it when they're teenagers. Hell, some people get it in their 30s. To get mm-hmm. it at the point where, you know, where life starts to be in the direction where, you know, you you find yourself is usually around when you're in your 20s on the average. Mm-hmm. So once you get to that stage, you're actually in a good spot as a human mm-hmm. being. You know, I agree. After a certain age, you know, it, it's going to be hard to teach an old dog new tricks. But, you know, <laughs> nonetheless, you know, it's good that you got this wake at this point in life at that time, you know. Um, mm-hmm. One thing with being conscious as a self, do you view, let's say, other race of people a little differently now that you come to what we call consciousness? Like, do you look at certain groups of people, like non-black people from Asians, Europeans, Etc. A little differently now that you try to understand not only what's your part in history, but what they really not only that, but their place in history now. Um, I would say yes, but not in a negative light because my my whole thing is like, um, I'm the type of person I don't group, um, I don't group everybody in races. You know what I'm saying? I'm you know, okay. If a person's a good person or a bad person, that's what they are, you know, no matter what race they are, you know what I'm saying? Um, But it's just that history, you know, history obviously tell you that certain races, you know, um, dealt with um, people differently, you know, and so they had a different philosophy, a different mindset a lot of times, you know. Um, So, and that's obvious and apparent, you know what I mean? It's like when you, I always think about like when I see people, um, back like in slavery days and stuff like that. When I after I say um, post slavery days, like in America, when you have these pictures of these white people just standing around, people lynching a tree, they smiling and joking and laughing. I always be like, what mind, what type of mindset, you know, would people have to be joking and laughing when they just burnt somebody and cut their, you know, castrated them, and et cetera, et cetera, you know? And uh, I kind of put that to you know world history, just seeing how. Um, certain people, you know, just continuously acted a certain way. You know what I mean? So um, you can't deny, you know, the history of the way people reacted in the past, you know, and how even even today, you know. Um, so it would be, you know, naive for me to say, you know, um, certain people don't do certain things, you know, um, a, a certain people did, certain races didn't do, I should say, certain races didn't do um, certain things negatively, or certain races didn't have a pattern of doing things negatively or positively on on the same end. You see what I'm saying? So um, I get most of my actions through my personal experience that I've dealt with um, people. And, kind of like, history kind of backs that up, you know, and my experience backs that up as well. Yeah, um, you know, it's interesting with every person, everybody deals with what they call racism a little differently. But mm-hmm. one thing with us as a people, we don't really take it, not only for a grain of salt, but take it as is that, you know, in an environment that we're not really in control, per se, because of our numbers in this mm-hmm. soil, 
that we have to operate a little different amongst other groups of people that have the propensity that could potentially do harm if you're not careful. Mm-hmm. It could be one of the people that be in the right, wrong place, wrong time on the average. And, mm-hmm. you know, you try to survive the little encounter, depending on how severe it could be or lead up to be. But nonetheless, to sit there and then be as a person say that it don't exist and that we're in a different time and things have changed, that's mm-hmm. not how things really work, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, people don't really change, you know, because people benefit through um, systems that mm-hmm. for their preservation. And you think they're going to make a way where there's really even playing field where you can come up easily as a person. Mm-hmm. No. Mm-hmm. You got, you mm-hmm. know what I'm saying, this is like blood sport, you know. Mm-hmm. And people play for keeps. Mm-hmm. So to notice that it can never go away like that because it's for their own natural survival. You know? Exactly. To keep mm-hmm. a structure in place. Because think mm-hmm. about this. If black people really understand their real place in the world and why they have to keep you at a certain level, it's like any parasite. I got a host onto you to keep feeding. You provide me the nutrients, the subsidies for mm-hmm. my strength, my, you know, what's the word, um, to survive. Mm-hmm. So at the time it comes to the point where you don't need me to keep suckling on you, then I have mm-hmm. no use for you. And I need to go be on to the next host. Mm-hmm. So we had to look at, like, in nature, you know, mm-hmm. what, what the role of the parasite, what's the role of a human, of a healthy host. And you got to put yourself in that same predicament. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, like how they do, like, the rat or the doll test, all this. It's always got to put yourself in that snare that they do this to test how much I could push the envelope to secure mm-hmm. power. Because mm-hmm. the world is run off a power base. There is a top, there's a bottom. Yeah, there's exactly. not really a middle of anything. Mm-hmm. A middle mm-hmm. of creation just to keep the illusion of who really runs things. But it's come exactly. to the point, it's going to be a top and a bottom, regardless how mm-hmm. we do it or not. So I want people to really... Um, conductive and have a more appreciation of not only your enemy, but, you know, have this understanding that, you know, this is a playing field, like anything else, and there's winners and losers. Mm-hmm. Don't take it personal. You know how mm-hmm. they're business. It's just business. Yep. That's the way it's set up. You know what I mean? That, you know, it's, it's, it's a, you know, it's a, it's a race. <laughs> it's just like called a race and it is a game. You know what I'm saying? You, that's why like when you, <laughs> when you got the, deal with law, you're in court, you know what I'm saying, it's, it's a game, you know what I'm saying, so, and you're right, you know what I'm saying, it's a race, it's a game, it's a system that's set up, you know, um, it's just interesting, I always think it's kind of interesting because of the overall time frame of, you know, this establishment and power compared to, you know, let's just say white supremacy as opposed to um, us as melanated people, how long, you know, we were in control on this planet, you know, so it's, it's it's not even remotely close, you know what I'm saying? So um, um, as far as dealing with, you know, the time frame in which we were up in, up in power as opposed to now. Yes, indeed. Um, for those that are listening, the call number for tonight's show is 712-770-4160. The access code is 915-411-POUND. I repeat, 712 712- Seven seven zero four one six zero. Access code nine one five four one one pound. Tonight's subject: Chaos Rain presents. 
how I became conscious with my guest, Mose Zoros, if I said right. I'll get used to it. Zoser, yeah. Zoser, yeah, Zoser. Um, one thing um, if I'd like to ask, do you have like mm-hmm. a library, like a little small library of yourself, of, of Rise books for your own, I don't know, apartment or household as a man? Uh, yes, I do. I, um, I definitely have a library of books that I've, you know, uh, acquired throughout the years, and I just um, continue try continue to try to, you know, build on it. But um, yeah, I definitely have a um, definitely have I accumulate and hold on to a lot of the books that I've read throughout the years. Definitely. Um, you know, it's funny when I mention. Not this is the first time I ask you this. I never ask most people because. When I look at a library, I always look at myself and imagine saying, a library, I'm going to do all these books. I'm going to do books. Mm-hmm. And I never really had appreciation of the books, some that I've completely read, some I make the, the time mm-hmm. to try to read, that I never seen the value of it as a boy going mm-hmm. in my development. But as, like I said, once you become conscious and you come across the information, now it makes sense that, when you look at certain books, and you give more a re- respect or appreciation of certain information that people write, and you mm-hmm. want to gather it for your own library, just to, not only reference for yourself, but for children or anybody that comes in your household to come to have that information there, you know, to let them look at it, touch it, read it for themselves. Mm-hmm. You know? And I feel that every household, they should have their own form of library. I prefer a physical library so the books are going to still be around before we're gone and come and go regardless mm-hmm. technology's implemented because, you know, libraries will tell how much you put the time effort to improve your thinking and thought from what you read from others. Very true. Okay. Can you understand what the author is getting at with a certain historical book or a scientific book or any information that's presented to you? Can you really inner or understand the readings, you know, that's what most people that don't think about when they look at the average book or open a book that that's what the premise is for. Because there's certain mm-hmm. things, there's a purpose why an author goes out of his way to write the books they can. Hell, look at Amos mm-hmm. Wilson. Um, before even his death, he wrote probably a few books, not many books, and I think if he was still alive, he would wrote more books. Mm-hmm. But he was always in the direction of always awakening the mind of the mentally dead Negro in America. Mm-hmm. And he takes great pride of other black men that came before him to really see how he they able to gather mass of people and get them on a course to move in a direction where they're trying to seek power. You know, mm-hmm. he was always a man. Mm-hmm. that was always a, a person that's trying to seek power and say, so how is the best outcome to attain it? for the survival of the group. Mm-hmm. And I never understand the power aspect of it, but he was another offer like many offers like Francis Cress Wilson. And mm-hmm. I could say Neely Folder, kind of did read his book mm-hmm. years ago. And France. And then when I came across another psychologist like him, he wrote, um, brought a different element on how the mind should be shaped and work. He mm-hmm. always tried to condition his students, if you go back to his lectures, to get them to think critically, think for themselves, uh-huh. and think critically uh-huh. to solve their problems. Um, and that is very powerful as, he, come here, he's a teacher, you know, not uh-huh. a psych teacher. He wants 
the, the, the black man and woman to start using the critical thinking to better themselves so they could figure out the problems to get out of their situations. Mm-hmm. Because no, cause as a man, as you know, that the more you're able to solve your own problems, the more powerful you will become as a man. Because the world is always shaped with problems. So as a man, the more you're able to effectively solve not only problems in your life but others, you are very much a valuable person to the collective in time. So um, that's why I got off most of the literature. Um, But, you know, the library is very important in households. Um, Another question... um, I can think. Um, the thing um, in regards to how you look at, let's say, in our community, if you notice, there is what we call a very much heavily divide between the sexes, between men uh-huh. and women. And I'm not sure if you view it. Do you feel that this problem that we face as people in regards to how we look at each other in relationships or anything, that can we, as people, men and women, could at least address the problems and how we view ourselves? Uh, yeah, I, I, yeah, I definitely, I definitely see. Um, I think, unfortunately, a lot of us, you know, we view our our world through, you know, a foreign mindset, you know, um, as opposed to indigenous man mindset. So, um, since we're kind of, we're since we're brought up in foreign schools or speaking, you know, foreign languages, you know, um, it's automatically going to put our mindset, you know, um, you know, it's automatically going to put us kind of out of our mind um, as far as dealing with each other on a, uh, a more indigenous, um, um, a, a more natural way of living. You know what I mean? Because it's like, we literally, you know, you and I are speaking English right now. You know what I'm saying? Like we, we, you know, more likely we went through school and we went through the, we had these textbooks that we were given and which other people read. We had religions that were given to us that are foreign. You know what I mean? So um, all of these things shape our mindset to a certain way in which would make it more difficult for us to, um, to deal with each other, like I said, more on a more indigenous level and a more natural level. It's like we're, we're, we've been literally like um, – What's the word? We've been um, literally, you know, just like you were talking about the system earlier, you know, that system that's put in place also, it, it trickles down on every level to confuse, you know, to misinform and et cetera, et cetera. So as far as dealing with any aspect of um, critical thinking, you have to think outside the box just to even think in your right state of mind. You know what I mean? Um, and you know, it, but even with critical thinking, um, it goes back. Like I said, a lot of us we don't use what is naturally given to us. Um, you know, it's funny with the gender war, and I only brought this question up, is that it is really heavily orchestrated just to capitalize us more in regards to taking our resource more mm-hmm. from our communities. Because I did not know it was really a serious business to keep black men and black women separate mm-hmm. instead of looking at themselves as more than just sex objects but in, mm-hmm. or even relationships because 
they rack up in the billions when we are separate. When women do their own thing and men do their own thing, they're not mm-hmm. coming together with anything cohesive, anything constructive. Only time mm-hmm. when it's when it deals with that is when it deals with bedroom. But outside bedroom, there's chaos. Unfortunately. Exactly. <laughs> but just like you were saying, though, just like you were saying, it's 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 a part of that system. You know what I mean? It's like even going back, you know, to the whole Willie Lynch thing, like. You know, trying to keep in, um, you know, the the black, uh, you know, the black, the dark skin against the light skin, the men against the, fit. you know, it's all a part of this system. You know what I mean? And you know, it was a plan that was written back back in the day, and it just, you know, it's the, it's a it's the same playbook, and they just keep running the same play. You know what I'm saying? We haven't figured figured out the defense for you, but you know what I'm saying? So it's the same 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 thing. You know, gender wars. You know, um, all of these different things is all a part of just keeping us divided and separate. It's interesting you mentioned the Willie Lynch. Um, mm-hmm. I had an elder that's from North Carolina that actually wrote that letter back in the 70s mm-hmm. that has an interviewer. And mm-hmm. I tell you, brother, we're very talented people, as much times mm-hmm. people don't know or not, that when they was pushed up in front of us, for, even from this is what I mentioned, they never really checked the source if this man really existed. I never checked the source until I came across certain people that reveals mm-hmm. certain that exists in our community. So I had to mm-hmm. do I'm always to reach out to this elder, and he's also in the field of psychology. And then mm-hmm. African psychology, what I call it, like mm-hmm. noble Melissa, and he explained the purpose why he wrote it. It was a mm-hmm. dissertation. He was going for his, I think, either master's or PhD. I think he was going for his PhD at that time. Mm-hmm. That he, he wrote one day and then just put it down. And somebody might have came mm-hmm. up with it took his, what he wrote, and put it on payback. On payback, mm-hmm. If I can remember, this is what I remember. This is like four years ago. I have the recording of the whole broadcast on my channel. But, you know, I'll, mm-hmm. I'll tell you where you can listen to yourself. But, yeah, <laughs> he was the one that created it because he sees himself as a captive slave and say, how can I keep a race people divided and dysfunction? And mm-hmm. that's what Lil Hobie came up with what we call Will Lynch Letter, that he has mm-hmm. to divide gender, color, Mm-hmm. Role, except mm-hmm. all mm-hmm. of this is for the purpose of maintaining control. Mm-hmm. When people exactly. are down and are not in a proper direction of self or working with self, you are easily picked off. Mm-hmm. So, and mind you, it keeps the actual slave master comfortable to sleep at bed at night. Exactly. He knows that with a pile of of a hundred or more slaves in his household doing his bidding. It's going to take at least one of them to go in while you're asleep and slit your throat. So mm-hmm, the exactly. fear was there. And mind <laughs> you, the fear was a natural fear because another good book, which I could probably reference to you right now if you ever want to read it, called American Negro Slave Revolt. Mm-hmm. These are documentations, articles, news articles that was going on in America during the 1600s up to the mid-late 1800s of how mm-hmm. they dealt with slavery. There were a lot of revolts, a lot of killings, a lot of burning mm-hmm. out crops and stuff. These are things that don't are not disclosed in history books. Mm-hmm. Why is that? Because mind you, when I came across and I read for myself, I've noticed one thing that the European did respect that was mm-hmm. granted most of the blacks that either were free blacks or ones that were in chains. If mm-hmm. you serve in the military, you were granted your freedom automatically. Mm. So it goes back to another good 
example of other brothers like Charles Faulkner and Mr. Cerulean Gray, um, they oh. mentioned military service in their, um, I think, template called the um, Great Fault Missionist because they noticed that most institutions that the black man has been serving since the inception of America was always military service. Military is a, a vital tool in regards to maintaining a nation. Without military, you have no nation. And black men, even today, even back then now, are still well-equipped and will have the, the health and body right now to even pass this basic test of the military than his so-called Euro, European counterpart, which now, from what I've heard of, from a, I guess, European Caucasus um, soldier, said that they're in danger because a lot of their own people that still somewhat heavily in the military can't pass the basic fitness in the military. Mm. So if anything will happen to this country right now, it is very mm. vulnerable to a degree, but if there were more black people in the military, let's say if we people take it seriously, um, this nation probably will hold up a little longer anyway. Mm-hmm. And it's always been holed up. Anything was given and was done was fought in the backs of black men. Mm-hmm. So they, they don't really give black people a lot of credit, especially men, because a lot of black men, on the average, those are, they don't understand their place in history. I and agree 100%. That. Yeah. And because of this now, what you see now is even today what we're finding out now as a people that we're going to be very ass out if we're not careful. You get me? Mm-hmm. But nonetheless, um, that's a little insight. So, But besides um, the way of Lynch, which is I say tell people they should still read anyway, regardless of written by a black man, because it tells a very much clear cut how you control people. Exactly, exactly. Yeah, and, and it's obvious that, um, you know, everything that letter, you know what I mean, uh, mm-hmm. regardless of it was written, everything that letter was um, implemented Previously, you know what I mean? Even though it might have been a letter, but it's still something that, it, it was still a tool, you know, that was um, uh, used very successfully, um, you know, to just control, just it's mind control, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? It's, it's, that's, what I, that's what I got um, primarily out of that letter, it, you know, just controlling people, you know what I'm saying? Just, just mind control. A lot of people feel that mind control is just a simple process that people just get like that. No. It's an ongoing process. Controlling mm-hmm. means psychology. Mm-hmm. Um, one example, look at Facebook. Mm-hmm. People never understand and learn. At one time, Facebook always gave a message when you log in. Mm-hmm. It said, one time this. What's on your mind? That's psychology. What do you do? You type, what's, what are you thinking? Mm-hmm. See that? But we never think about that because we think that it's nothing a big deal. It's like, why would somebody post log in to say what they want to what you're thinking? Mm-hmm. That's psychology. Mm-hmm. It's always one to know what is the Negro thinking. And I'll tell you a little deeper secret. I hear even stories of people say they're not around certain non-blacks Caucasus people, especially, they always, mm-hmm. if they're not about us, they always, always talk about black people. Mm-hmm. It's on their mind. The ones that's doing pretty well or something like that. Mm-hmm. And I never understand, why would they waste time talking about us and we're not in the room? 
Because mm-hmm. they're always thinking about us in some fashion or way. Mm-hmm. Now, the reason why that is, as you know, it, it goes back to some form of power at the end of the day. Mm-hmm. Because if you're all secure, everything's all good, and you have no worries, the mo- people that is not part of your phenotype should not be worried. But you always, they always got to be on our mind, on our psychology. Mm-hmm. So control <laughs> is not just control of just the mind. It's control everything. Mm-hmm. How you exactly. move, how you breathe, every aspect. Mm-hmm. Because this mm-hmm. is something of uh, inherent survival mechanism through their traumas they've gone through. And mm-hmm. I was going to say, if you remember Keenan Booker, my other guest I had on the following show, that this is embedded to a lot of people epigenetically. Kicked Out of Heaven, Volume 1, explains the traumas non-blacks, a.k.a. Europeans, gone through during the first 10,000 years of history, mm-hmm. going through the Ice Age, going through constant changes of the weather, from cold to severe cold to catastrophes like waters or flooding, all this embeds into the psyche of people that had to survive the harsh environments. Mm-hmm. And in their thinking, they said, never again. Once they get a foot of power, mm-hmm. they'll work hard, they'll work even overtime to maintain it. Mm-hmm. So that's a little insight I just want to share. Um, um, one other thing I do want to say, um, and hold on, let me check the board. Another thing, and I do see you in the chat room in the um, YouTube. Thank you, MJ. Um, in regards to um, the economic aspects, do consciousness from your understanding as a man or woman, do you feel that our people are more or have a better clear understanding of economics or that some of us went to school or not to really make use of the money we have now? So not only um, say to better ourselves, but, you know, just how to operate in even the environment we're in now where everything, like living and expenses going up, that are we really mm-hmm. responsible now with the money we have now to really subsidize these problems? Yeah, I, I think because of um, just the Internet, you know, and all that, the information that's out there, um, it's more, um, it, since it's more accessible, the people that are um, the people that are have that in their mind that they try to better themselves. Now there's literally no excuse. You can't say, "Oh, school didn't teach me this." You know, "Oh, um, my mom and dad didn't teach me," et cetera, et cetera. You know what I mean? Um, we're at the point now in which you know we can literally we can use all these other races literally as um, as examples of how to do things. You know, when you have different races, like the Asians, they all stick together, they work together, um, you know, to, 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 to build businesses, you know. Um, the Jews, they, you know, they work together, they put finances in a part of their, their, their literally their culture, you know. Um, obviously, we're back, we're, we're not uh, advanced as they are because they've been doing, you know, this, they've had these systems set up for thousands of years. But now, like me personally, like, like perfect examples, like my dad, he was a, a carpenter. You know, he owned his own business. You know, it, you know, it was it was uh, pretty successful. You know, but he he did a good job with his money. But you know, he just worked so much. He was never really able to hand down that knowledge to me. You know what I mean? 
So for me to learn about economics and finance, it, you know, I learned straight up all this stuff on YouTube and by reading books. You know what I mean? So the, the people that this, the, there's no difference between, you know, if you're, if you're conscious and you're living in a reality in a world in which, um, fine, uh, you know, um, finances, you know, or play a big part of, you know, um, you know, capitalism, I should say, plays a big part of the world. Then, you know, if you're going to be a part of the world, you got to learn how to play the game. Just like we were saying about court Euler, court earlier, you know, if you want to learn how to play, uh, if you want to be good at basketball, you got to learn how to play the game. You know, so at this point, there's really no excuse why anybody that is, you know, quote unquote, conscious or aware not to take that same thing when they're sitting there reading these books about all these great black leaders, not to um, add in addition, you know, this information about finances and et cetera. You know, but we, it's, a, it's, it's, it's not hidden anymore. You know what I mean? So it's out for us all. So it's still the same way. It's like anything else, you know. If you want to be a, um, you know, if you want to be a, a weightlifter, you got to get in the gym to lift. You know what I'm saying? If you want to be a better person, you know, and you do these things to uh, uplift yourself, you know, you got to read. you got to get the knowledge. And to be a, a well-rounded being, you know, finances is a part of that for you and your family, you know, and for the future of your, uh, future of your family. And, you know, because when I mention finance, and I tell people basic finance is now accessible more than ever. Hell, at one time a decade ago, or let's say 15 years ago, you put in it and start to take off a little more for the first 10 years or so, or greater than 10 years, that certain things were get, was under our fingertips, but we never know how to utilize it like that. But mm-hmm. as we go from the 3G to 4G, and now we're in 5G, things mm-hmm. accelerate more because internet now is able to move much faster with exactly. better bandwidth. So with better mm-hmm. bandwidth, now you're able to process information at a more of a less than a second. So you can easily do a simple search engine, and it will give you those thousands of hits mm-hmm. of sites or even actual videos to show you how to do certain basic stuff. Mm-hmm. That was never access to us over 10, I would say 13, 15 years ago, you know? Mm-hmm. I, I, yeah, I, um... Mm-hmm. Okay. Go ahead. Go ahead. Well, I'm sorry, go ahead. Um, I remember when they said the first online purchase ever was 15 years ago, you know? Oh, my God. I thought the first online purchase was like, like 13, almost close to 10, like more than 12 years ago. But mm-hmm. when I came across that information, because it was something that because of quality of, you know, the trust of buying someone online. It was mm-hmm. experiment, but it was not perfected until 2005, per se. Mm-hmm. And after that, you know, because things move faster with 4G implement, more people are taking advantage of promoting and selling mm-hmm. products or creating their own business online. As you don't mm-hmm. see in the mass numbers, but because of this, you know, COVID situation, if you mm-hmm. don't have, like, an actual tangible website to sell your product and promote by creating the ad, ad revenue to certain sites, you're not going to stay long in business very long. Exactly. You know? I don't know if you can start it. <laughs> yeah, it wouldn't was good because everything's moving very to digital, faster than we expected. Mm-hmm. And it's all attention, intentionally, if you think about it, because they want to speed these things up. You see, mm-hmm. outside America, 
everybody is very much ahead. We're behind. And I agree. I agree. And it's going to take another decade, maybe a decade and a few years, to somewhat, and I say somewhat loosely, catch up. Mm-hmm. I agree. Um, I'm not sure if you have traveled to – no, go ahead. You about to say something? Oh, no, no. I mean, uh, it's, that's, a, that's a wonderful example. Like, I'm going to give you a small example. Like, when I used to, I used to live in London, and when I lived there, um, mm-hmm. everybody over there had – this is back in the – or, uh, late 90s, right? Everybody had cell phones. Everybody had cell phones, right? You know, but back in the States, it wasn't like that. You know what I mean? Um, yeah. We we didn't have that type of technology and the hope, you know, that they had, the, the, um, you know, of course it was different you know, with the data and everything. It wasn't unlimited data, all that good stuff. But, you know, it was coming from London back to the States, it was like I went back in time. You know what I mean? Um, you know, not not like it was a huge thing, a horse and buggy thing, but, you know, it was still um, dealing with, you know, the technology. It was definitely, definitely behind, without a doubt. So I agree. I mean, I experienced that, so I agree with you 100%. It's interesting you mentioned London, because mm-hmm. I remember when they said about, like, the um, credit cards. Mm-hmm. They, they now start putting chips in credit cards for the last 10 years here. But I said they've mm-hmm. had that in London since 2000, mid 2000s. So when we get, they're already moving on to something more advanced. Mm-hmm. Once we get it. So when um, I'm not sure if ABC's listening. When you worry about the so-called um, chip in people, like our chip in people's skin, all that nonsense. Yeah. There's, there's videos of that in Europe. Yep, so I've seen it. I've seen it too. Yeah. So when people are concerned about it, I said they're already doing it outside America already. Exactly. Exactly. So the people outside America are using it, no problem. Don't be surprised it's here in America very soon. Yeah, exactly. exactly. I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm yeah, not scared of my butt. You can get one cent. Go ahead. No, no, I'm sorry. Go ahead. Go ahead. No, but I'll be dead honest with people that these things are already here already, as you haven't mm-hmm. seen here in this country yet, like yep. holograms. All these things that we that we watch in movies and all this nonsense, right? Mm-hmm. That I think in I don't know if it's China or Japan, they already have images where phones have actual holograms. We don't have it here in America yet, but they said we're going to eventually have it in the next six, seven years. So that means they are running through a higher bandwidth. They're using five G mm-hmm. already as we speak. They are already up to the levels and times. And the technology, America, just like you said, you come, you go, you leave this country, go somewhere else, they're up on things, and when you come back, you say, damn, I'm back to square one. Mm-hmm. And especially cell phones, because cell phones, if you really think about it, cell phones didn't really start getting really popping until 2000. 2000, exactly. Exactly right. And they were when you went to London back in the, hell, let's say mid to early 90s, or late, or mm-hmm. mid 90s. So I tell people, this is not something new. Mm-hmm. Not something new at all. Nothing really is new under the sun. So, like I said, what you've seen already or what you have not seen is already here. It's it already here. Yeah. They have to catch up with a lot of things. Innovation is not something that you just see and it's wow. No, it's always been here. Mm-hmm. As you've never seen it. You know? exactly. and, and my other question, because you say travel going, what other countries have you visited outside of America? That you recall. Um, 
I've been to Jamaica, I've been to Haiti, I've been to Mexico, I've been to London, I've been to, uh, let's see what else have I been to. Um, I think that might be it. <laughs> yeah, I think that's it as of now. So-called American experiment. 
that when Europe was in a direction of, I guess, expansion and about to be or go into the area of being dominant in power, uh-huh. they sent the worst of their worst to do their bidding <laughs> and work for them uh-huh. to pay off what we call debt. Uh-huh. I'm, and I believe, no, I know that these people in America for centuries are the worst of the worst of these set of people. I agree. <laughs> because outside of America, and I hear stories from London, Germany, there are certain things you cannot do as a European man back home in your homeland in Europe to a non-black person, per se. Not saying racism doesn't still precipitate or there's certain things to put for the preservation, but they're not going to act and conduct themselves away in their homeland towards others because they have what we call a gentleman-like behavior. Uh-huh. They carry themselves with class and dignity. Uh-huh. Exactly. Yeah. The Europeans here, uh-huh. it really applies, carry themselves as brutes and average savages. Uh-huh. So I agree. <laughs> so that's yeah. why when you tell them your experience from America to them in Europe, yeah, they're going to look at you a certain way because they say, what do you mean? We don't treat people like that, per se. Mm-hmm. We don't conduct that because there is a mentality, you know? You have to be less of a human or a criminal to conduct yourself in the land of your forefathers. A degenerate way, exactly. And they have to send you because you did so much criminal acts that they can't keep here. So they said it's better to make use of you and you have to pay off a debt like anything else. So let me open exactly. the line. Somebody raise their hand. What's good? Who's this, Craig? Craig, Craig what's up, Kat? What's up, Chaos? What's you up to? What's now? good, brother? What's on your mind? Anything for my guest? Or, you know, what's you know he's, he's, it was interesting. He was talking about white people. I, I remember when I went to Europe in the Army. Mm-hmm. And I was meeting I was meeting Germans and Austrians, and I was struck by how different they were from the American whites, and how they knew mm-hmm. a lot about our history here in this country. I was surprised they knew exactly. about King and Mega Evers, and I was like shocked. Sixteen year old girls knew more about black history than I did. I remember, I remember mm-hmm. being a little bit embarrassed. I was embarrassed by it. <laughs> you know, sixteen year old white German girls t- tell me about Mega Evers and Denmark Vesey, and I didn't even know who they mm-hmm. were. Denmark Vesey, mm-hmm. and. Um, mm-hmm. So that that four years there, you know, I learned that the whites here are different. I'm not saying it's not racism in Germany and Europe, but mm-hmm. uh, like, like like the man was saying, the the, the whites that came to America, uh, England had a problem with overcrowding and it couldn't feed itself, and they had a bunch of crime, pickpockets. So they so America was pretty much a jumping ground for the lower level white people uh, mm-hmm. in Europe. And then they got rid of the convicts in, in Australia. The, I mean, the Germans came a little bit later because they need craftsmen over here. So they brought the Germans and the Dutch came, but not that many. But mm-hmm. uh, so, so you know, the whites we're dealing with here are basically, you know, Euro trash. And that's yeah, degenerate. Black men yeah, degenerate. Yeah, that, yeah, they are. And that's what black men need to understand. And as far as, like, the brother talking to white folks, I don't talk to white people now. I mean, I, I try to limit my interactions with them. And when I do talk to them, I don't talk about anything of substance at all, ever. And I think brothers should start doing that, man. Quit, quit talking to these people. They, they you, know, like, you know, it's funny. It's funny you said you know, that, man. It's funny because, like, I, I'm in Atlanta, Georgia, right? And yeah. 
Um, I I personally don't have much interaction. I don't know if any y'all you know, y'all ever been to Atlanta or whatever. Keeps me y'all know I, how I've it been is. To but, Atlanta. I used to go to Piedmont yeah. Park all the time. Yeah, Piedmont. Yeah. Well, I, I live in I live in Decatur, right? Like oh, off no. of like um, I live in Decatur, right? So yeah. it's very rare you see any white people at all. You know what I mean? And yeah. my thing is, through my experience in the past, I feel exactly like you do. It's like I don't really, unless it's business or something, you know, business, uh, like yeah. that. Yeah, I don't have any. I don't have any um, motivation to really interact with them. Not on a, you know, not like on a, I hate, hate anybody like that, but like, you know, I just don't, you know, if, if I, if I can talk to you about football, we know how to talk about football. You want to talk about, you know, cricket. I'm going to talk to you about football. I ain't going to talk to this other person about cricket because I don't know about it. You know what I'm saying? That's, that's how it is for me here. You know what I mean? Just uh, actually, to be honest, ever since I moved here, what, the 2000s, I really don't interact with them because I really don't have any reason to interact well, with them. Well, for one thing about whites, man, you notice, when they talk to you, they never reveal themselves to you, but they're always probing you for questions. Have you ever noticed that about white folks? They're always asking, it's like they're always asking up the interview, questions, questions, but they never let you know how they really feel about things. I always noticed that about them. And uh, a lot of brothers don't understand that shit. Like, when you talk to white folks, they're just, they're just trying to get information out of you to see what type of black man you are. And I hear brothers just blabbing on, blabbing on. But the white man has to sit there and listen, the white woman, and he won't say anything. You won't get a gist of how he feels about anything. And I always tell brothers on the show, because they always accuse me of being a coon and a tom, because I don't uh, talk about racism, speak out on it. It's because I, I think we as black folks need to start having a little bit of uh, cultural privacy and quit letting everybody know how we think about everything you know does that make sense to you bro i mean are you are you with me on this one we need to build well i i think that i think that um with like kind of going back to what i said previously it's like because of our mindset if we get get in our in our right mindset um an indigenous mindset you know uh, 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 a mindset that hasn't been in which this system, like I, like in my book, I literally say that, you know, um, that this system only makes Negroes and niggers, you know. Like we have to, that that's what the system's made for, you know what I mean? We literally have to do our own thing to, you know, like we say, become conscious, and we got to think outside of the box. We got to do our stuff outside of the system to get that way. So once you're at a certain point and you're dealing with, you know, like you're saying, you're dealing with your your own culture, then those people, you know, you wouldn't even want to talk to those people. And if they want to talk to you, you still wouldn't want to talk to you because you can't relate to them. You know, yeah, because look, like man, you're saying, in your culture, you know what I'm saying? The only, uh-huh. only problem I have is this, is that we all grew up here in America. I did. I don't mm-hmm. know if you did or not. We're all part of the Uncle Tom. I call it the Uncle Tom continuum. We're all part mm-hmm. of it, man. We grew up here. We watch TV. I, I, don't, know how we get our, I don't know how we get our minds back. Okay, I mean, think about it. We, we lost our minds on those slave ships. You know, the Europeans took our minds, and we have their minds pretty much. We're just basically I agree. white, black. People. I agree. Okay, how do we get? That's this is a serious question. How do we get mm-hmm. our minds back? I mean, we have to I have mean, some it, rules. It, r- rules. We have to have mm-hmm. some 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 some. Uh, I'm not into this black culture. I don't know what black culture is in America. Well, I mean, 
what is it, buying shit, looking good? I don't know. There is no black. I mean, there is no black culture. There's no real black culture as far as like all the races have culture. For example, you go, you talk to a Japanese person, they're gonna dress a certain way. They got their language. Yeah. You know, you talk to an Indian person, they dress a certain way. They got their language. You know, here in America, you know, this quote unquote American culture is something that that we just was pretty much made. Um, you know, that that was made through like you said, from slavery on, it was something that, you know, we just put together. You know, you go to, like, you go to different parts of the country, you know, uh, I'm sorry, in the world, you, Africans. Africans have culture. They have their language. Yeah, you know what I'm saying? They, they speak, um, they speak, they have their whole indigenous. I know, I know, and I know, like, people don't realize how deep culture is out for black is. folks outside of America. Like, you know, in Africa, you... Just like in other um, in other races, I mean, in other countries, when you marry somebody, you know, you got to do the dowry thing. You, you know what I'm saying? You just can't marry somebody. They got to know your last name. You know what I'm saying? It's something we don't even do over here in America that people of color have been doing, you know, since, you know, goddamn the, the beginning of time as far as us human evolution. So this black culture thing, like you're saying, it, 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 it's, it's a culture, but it's not a, um, it's a, um, it's not a progressive um, no, um beneficial culture. And, and I'll tell you what, something else is that uh, um, here here in America, I remember I was talking to this, to, to this African dude, and I, I was learning about culture in, in Africa uh, because I was starting to interest. I remember, I remember when, 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 you know, when I first when I went to Germany, I was watching German TV. I didn't understand. I was just watching it. And, and, and they were talking about a conference in Africa from these African nations that were trying to stop something. I don't know, they were trying to do something. And I had never seen Africans, like, conducting themselves in that way. You know, mm-hmm. they were wearing suits and their daishikis and shit, and they were talking about mm-hmm. a problem in some other country. Mm-hmm. You'd, you, I'd never seen that in America, because in America they show us feast and famine from Africa and mm-hmm. disease and, and, and civil war. Mm-hmm. And then in Africa... They show the American blacks. They show us the savages and, and mm-hmm. gang violence. That's that's what they do, man. And, and but one thing I want to say is that is that uh, in Africa, man, I actually didn't know this. That some it was this guy. I think he's from Ghana or wherever the fuck he's from, somewhere mm-hmm. or Gabon. He was he was telling me that is that the the, the, the children are, are raised from where he was from by the males in the family, like the uncles and the brothers raises mm-hmm. his, his sister's kids mm-hmm. and that because that's the only way to establish true paternity because they know if it comes out of his, his sister that's his nephew or his niece they raise the kids the uncles and the, and the brothers that's how mm-hmm. they do it over there they don't have mm-hmm. the, like the father shit we have here where he was from mm-hmm. like the, the guy can go out and just make babies whatever and then the, her brother will raise that kid and then mm-hmm. if his sister has a baby he raises that child, that was his uh-huh. culture, and I didn't know that until he explained it to me. But uh-huh. uh, the point, the, the, you know, the, the thing about culture, man, one thing I'll make is that it takes hundreds and hundreds of years to establish culture. America's only about two hundred uh-huh. years old or so. Yep, it's, exactly. It's going to take us. It's going to take us, you know, four hundred years to establish culture. America doesn't really have any culture. It's a young country, relatively. Uh-huh. That's true. Countries around the world. So. Uh, I mean, we always talk about this black culture shit. I don't know what it is besides nigga shit, buying shit, trying to look, trying to look prettier than the than the other nigger walking around here. I mean, that's what I see, and, and get, you know, getting shoes and hair and buying Cadillacs and rims. I don't know what culture is, man, because 
to me, it's just materialism from what I'm seeing. And I've been to Atlanta, and Atlanta is one of the most, outside of L.A., I, I thought Atlanta was the most materialistic city I've ever been in in my life. Man. <laughs> yeah, Atlanta. I can see that. <laughs> I'm not lying. I mean, I would meet women, they were like, where you were, what you drive in. I mean, they were, it's, it was pretty quick. And I was like, damn, you know, I just met you, girl, five minutes ago. You know, shit. But uh, I don't know how we get our minds back, man. How do we get our minds back? Yeah, I mean, it, 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 a lot of it just has the same thing we're talking about. Uh, the brother said, you know, one of the main questions just being about being conscious and aware because you're not going to follow anybody in any type of any um, – I know plenty of people, black Americans, right, that have embraced um, different African spiritual systems and their cultures, and it's like it fits them like a glove on a hand just because, it's a, you know, it's a part of their DNA, and they made it home to where they – where they needed to uh, get their studies, you know what I'm saying, or a part of their culture. You see what I'm saying? So um, yeah, yeah. the the culture that you're referring to, this uh, you know, um, this non-culture that you're referring to, it, it for you to find true culture, you're literally going to have to go back in your genes and connect with your ancestors and et cetera, and they're going to put you in the right direction of you, you know, getting some type of um, suit, suit true culture that can um, make you a progressive being, you know, because I know plenty of people that, like me personally, I've, you know, I started to study uh, Haitian voodoo, but I learned from another <laughs> brother, which is, was, 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 a, was a, a black American, and he went back and forth from Africa, and he was first studying voodoo, you know. So that's a, that's a culture in itself. There's a language, there's a, there's a, you know what I'm saying, there's a way to dress, there's, there's culture all attached to it. So the culture's there, just as matter just doing the work and and uh, and gravitating to something that really um um that really uh you know that really you that you can embrace personally well me i'm not talking about myself because i'm my older brother i'm kind of set my ways but i don't know mm -hmm. what what you're saying is workable i think we need to i don't think brothers are, are, are going to want to embrace african culture I, I really don't think that's the way we're going to go the thing is it doesn't matter because like the people that do, then so be it, you know, because you, you can't, everybody's not going to be conscious, aware, everybody's not going to be, you know, um, wanting to be progressive and et cetera, et cetera. You understand what I'm saying? There's a, there's a you know, like, like they say what, uh, many are called, few are chosen, right? That's what, that, that's what the good book says, right? So us as a culture, you know, you know, it's going to be the minority of us that are going to get it, and it's going to be the minority of us that are going to be able to, Teach other ones that want to know. Well, me, I, I, I don't know if if, uh, if that's workable. I mean, I'm, I'm because we are Americans, and mm -hmm. we are in we are we are entwined with American culture mm -hmm. of materialism and shit. Uh, so I don't think that's mm -hmm. going to work. But but what what I would like to see work is maybe uh, some ground rules, discipline, code of mm -hmm. conduct that, that, that is the right. Mm -hmm. Pretty much yeah. like the Asians have. The Asians have that. Mm -hmm. And, and, the and Africans. Too. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah, you know, Africans have that like, too. Like, I'm sorry, Africans go ahead. Have their, Africans have their own issues, man. I've got issues with Africans, too, their, mm -hmm. their culture and shit. Yeah, but, so, you know, I, at the, uh, on the yeah. flip side, Africa's a big-ass country with a lot of different cultures and tribes and languages, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So that, you know what I'm saying? But going back to... um. One of the like the brother like I named my book bicultural living and leaving the world of illusion because What's exactly what you're talking about huh 
What's the name of your book? What's the name of your book? It's Bicultural, Living and Leaving the World of Illusion. B.I.? B.I.? B.I., yeah. Bicultural, Living get, and Leaving. I get on Amazon or what? Yeah, yes, on Amazon. Um, and I'm sure the brother going to give me that time to talk about that. But um, the reason why I named it that is the exact reason you're talking about right now. And if you pull it up and you look at my book cover, you see one side of me straight up American, got a polo shirt on, I got shades on, I got a baseball hat, I got my sneakers on, and I have um, I have the American um, journey on that, on one side of the book, and on the other side, I have me dressed in more of a traditional garb with other ancient um, uh, deities and et cetera, from Africa, Kemet, et cetera, et cetera. Because mm-hmm. just like you're saying, I grew up as an American. You know what I'm saying? I, you know, I, 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 you know, I am an American, you know, but because I've experienced other things and traveled around and embraced other cultures, you know, now it's like a bicultural, you know what I'm saying? So it, it, it's more yeah. than just being an American. You know, what I, you know here, here, here's where I like to see us go. It's a future, black race. Mm-hmm. I would like this to be somewhat, I, I think we should have some of a homeland similar to what the Jews have in, uh, in Israel. And we should uh, go back and forth between here in America, maybe a country in, in Africa, and we could work and help develop this African nation and still have a place here in America. We can go back and forth, just like the Jews do. They go, they go to Israel, you know, they come here, and they work together a lot of times with Israel and the United States. That I would like to see. You know, that's, that's, yeah. I think that's where we, maybe we should be going. As far as it's back to Africa, I don't. I actually don't think that's workable, to be honest. Mm-hmm. I don't. I, don't, I know. I, I know. I know a lot of person, people that do it. Honestly, like they go like same thing yeah. you just described. Um, yeah. Mainly, like in places like Ghana, Sierra Leone, Liberia, yeah. different places in which really yeah. have opened their arms at the Africans. You know, um, yeah. people do it, but it's still like like we said earlier. I mean, it's still going to be a small minute of individuals that even want to even think about doing something like that. You no, know? because they well, they're gonna they're going they're, they're going to want to have the Cadillacs. They're going to want to have the Jordans. Well, you know they, what I'm saying? They got Cadillacs in, in Africa, bro. They got Cadillacs. Yeah, oh, yeah, I mean, I know that. I'm, I'm, I'm referring to the, 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 the American mindset. Air conditioner over there. So, yeah, look, man, most, most of the brothers in this country are asleep. You know, I would say 80% of them. I agree. 5%. I agree. I say 80, 90% of the brothers are asleep. You know, I agree. Okay. Great. Yeah? Yes, sir. Um, I, have, I have two people raise their hands, so let me take...
the shit that we're going through. Mm-hmm. We're not sit. We're not citizens. Mm-hmm. They don't treat us. Don't, they show us that every time something time. comes up, they mm-hmm. do not show us that we're citizens. Mm-hmm. But you get these people that that walk around here, and they think they're citizens. They think they're Americans. Mm-hmm. I always mm-hmm. tell my brothers just, just as a metaphor. I'm not mm-hmm. American. Fuck it. Mm-hmm. I am not that. Mm-hmm. So how can I? accept something that doesn't even love love my fellow people. I, 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 that's just, to me, mm-hmm. that's just baffling to me. That's just crazy. Mm-hmm. How can I love I some shit like that? Motherfucker walk around mm-hmm. with the American flag. Fuck that mm-hmm. flag. I'd rather, you know what my, what my dream is? I'd rather see this shit obliterate and fall. I'd mm-hmm. rather see this shit fall. But no Negroes say, oh, I don't, why are you saying that? Motherfucker, shit. I don't want but there's no system that keeps oppressing me. Mm-hmm. I, I, I don't want to be no system that, that won't even apologize or, or make amends to what they did in the past. I, mm-hmm. I, I, I don't want to be in a country like that. Mm-hmm. You see? I agree with you, man. But I, I, I agree with you. I, and the more and more I, I, I leave the country, the more and more that becomes more of a, you know, more of a reality. Right. And, and right. adds on to the case, the case that you're bringing. You know what I mean? Right. And right. it's... Right. It, 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 you know, it's like I try to tell people um, that America is not the uh, the end or the end all of everything. You know what I'm saying? Far no, from it. Not. Like, like if no. you go to California, right? You can step right across that border and you're in Mexico. You know, in Mexico. you had a whole a whole new you know a whole new culture. You know what I'm saying? Um, and it's completely different, and you're treated differently. You know, right. you're, you're, right. you're, you're, you're you're treated definitely. I I I'm gonna tell you. I always tell people when I say when they ask me how it is feeling in America, I said being black in America is like you walk outside, you got a you got a six hundred, eight hundred pound gorilla on your back with a target on it. Right. That's how it feels like yeah. being in um in, in America, you know. Right. Um. When I went to different places, you know, I tell people all the time that that gorilla shrunk down to a gag on almost like a uh like a um you know those little monkeys that be. Playing the um, you play the music and they stand on the shoulder. You like a smaller monkey, you know. The monkey's right. still there. The monkey's right. still there, but it's not. It ain't that big ass gorilla in your back, you know. So it's like, how in the world, you know, do you knowing that that gorilla's in your back every day? How 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 do you you know um, internalize that to your own reality and not right. not uh, have resentment for it? It's impossible. Right. right. So you're right, exactly. You know, and you know what I'm saying. We, we 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 drive around the street. You know what I'm saying. Fortunately, like I said, I I, I live in Atlanta, so it's a little different because most of the cops are black. But you know, so I've never had any issues. But you know, back in Virginia, where I'm from, man, you know, you just try to goddamn go to the Seven Eleven. You cops pulling you over, cussing you out. You know what I'm saying? Even in, in a lot of cases, even worse. You can't right, even right. live your life like a normal right. human being. Right. Right, right, and 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 just another thing. Um, and I think we had this kind of like kind of had this conversation last night, and the the question was raised to me. Uh, uh, somebody asked me a question. Uh, do you think our ancestors were happy? And I said no, they were not happy. And I keep, and people always say, well, our ancestors helped build this country. We helped build this. We did this. No, we we did things out of necessity, not the fact that we were happy. We did it because we need, we had to do it, not because uh-huh. we were. You see, so that, so that's why I tell people, people all the time, everything that we have contributed to this America, 
It's out of necessity because mm-hmm. we had to do it. It was out. To, it, it was more like the fact that we can prove that we can do it, or mm-hmm. we can prove that they, they, particularly at that time they can do it. But as we as we see out through history, we understand mm-hmm. that they often what penalize the progressive the, the progressive blacks at that time. They often penalize them by doing what to them. Lynching them. Uh-huh. If you were a black person with with with, with, with some wealth, generally you were a target. Uh-huh. Yeah, I, I I um and I agree, and I and I talk about there's two things that you you bring it up that I talk about in the book. I have a chapter called Black Wall Street, and in another chapter I talk about uh, I call it uh, it's called America the Great Divide. But one thing that people have to understand about America itself is that. Uh, um, um, this, this, not well. This planet as well with all, with, with all of ours from the jump. You know what I'm saying? Even Americans, because you have Native Americans that I'm not. Uh, you sound like you are a, a melanated brother. You know what I'm saying? With um, you know, kinky hair, melanated skin. But this America, the Native Americans look like you know you and I and the other brothers. That, that you know, and sisters. That's how this America was set up. And then you know. You have um, the Asian people that came in, and the, the Africa, like the Olmecs, I used to say, and the, and the um, Asians started having sex, and then you have people that look like the Native American Indians in, in Mexico, et cetera, et cetera. So my point in saying all of this is that that's another thing that we have to understand, like, is that our true history predates American history, mm-hmm. even as Native Americans. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? So right. it's just that um, it, you have, we have to put that in perspective as well because, like you were just saying, um, uh, I think I don't know if that might have been the other person. I can't remember who you were saying, but um, how short of a time frame that it that that um, how how young America truly is. Yeah, it, you yeah, know? and slavery wasn't that. See, I, and what I always tell people that this this practice of slavery in America wasn't too long ago. Yeah, exactly. Well, you got to think so, about it this way: when did apartheid end, South Africa? South Africa, nineteen was it nineteen ninety something? Yeah, exactly. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, that that was yeah. like yesterday. <laughs> you know, what I'm right, exactly. Yeah. So you got yeah, these places yeah. like Nigeria, uh, Zimbabwe, and the people in Africa, in which they just got out of colonization and just got their new names. You know, so they're starting to, um, they're just starting to um, regain, you know, their, um, that you know, renounce the colonialism and you know become independent. You know. This is still a short, very, uh, very short period of time, you know, right, in, right, in right. the human race, you know, and in all honesty, the white folks on this planet have not been around that long at all, you know. No. So this is their, this time frame, you know, that's why they always like to tie things into the Torah, the Bible, and the Quran, because they try to make that time frame, like, um, they try to um, legitimize themselves through these books, you know, mm-hmm. in which... Once you go past these books in the time frame, they're not they're non-existent. Right, right. And 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 like I was uh, and 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 uh, uh, to 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 kind of add on to what you're saying, um, if you, if you don't mind, <laughs> I mean, I'm gonna add on to what you're saying that that um, our our we need to and I can't say this this thing enough, man. We got to create our, a paradigm that works for us. Mm-hmm. And we, for some reason, we just don't. And I think a, a lot of it has to do with the fact that 
we still tend to want to hang on to America. I mean, I, you know, look, and, and it, it gets to a point for me where I have to speak for myself. I, got, mm. I can't speak for other people because people love this country, man. Mm. People love this shit. And it doesn't mm. matter what, what, what they do to, what they do to say, maybe not to me, but, but the, mm. what they're doing to people who look like me, what they're doing mm. to us, mm-hmm. you know, it, it's real hard for me. You know, I've, I've been outside the country, too, and people ask me where I'm from, and I struggle to say that I, I'm from the U.S. I know, me I too. Struggle, <laughs> I, 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 I struggle with that. I say, uh, you know. I was, in Mexico. I was in Mexico one time, and uh, they had this, this um, like, at a, at a resort, and they did this, like, you know how they have those contests and stuff like that? Right. And you know, and they were going around asking people, you know, where they're from. I, I, I didn't raise my hand. You know what I'm saying? Like I wasn't, right, I wasn't right. telling them I was, a, I was, a, I was an American. Sure, I don't right. know if they were trying to, you know, the Mexicans. How much they hate Americans? You know, black. You know, they were, they were tearing folks up down there. You know what I'm saying? For, for right, being American. Right. You know what I mean? Right, right, yeah. And and I, I struggle with that, man. I, I, I was in Brazil, by mm-hmm. and it, she is, and and the young lady asked me where was I from. <laughs> And I had to take a breath first, you know. I, <laughs> I was just like, you know, because I, I don't want to say that this, because you know, because I, I don't feel feel like an American. So if I really felt like an American, I'd be like, oh yeah, I'm from America. I'm from America. I I, I would have straight out said that shit. But if, if for me, I'm like, y'all, y'all just don't know. But you know, yeah, but yeah. again, and but you know, me and the sister from Brazil had a little conversation, had a little broken. English, she was talking to him and talking to me, and and I said, our ancestors, our ancestors have a similar story like your ancestors do. And she said, Yeah, mm-hmm. I know. And she started mm-hmm. smiling at me. So, mm-hmm. so if she knew, she knew because she knew because they kept looking at me and said, you know, they wanted to know what was I. You see, they wanted okay, who was because he's not he's he's not a black a typical black man from Brazil because he doesn't speak mm-hmm. Portuguese. So that's how they mm-hmm. were looking like who. Hmm. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, so, 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 but yeah, but you know, like I said, um, one one thing that one thing on because we're all talking this conscious stuff and et cetera, et cetera. One thing that you know, and it is interesting. There was a clip I heard, um, Bobby Hemet. I I I reposted on my on my page, my Instagram page. But Bobby Hemet was basically saying, like, you know, he was like, you know, where. We're we're native, you know, we're we're Native Americans, we're Moors, we're Egyptians. He said, "Well, all that and not that, because we're primordial, you know, mm, because right. you know us us as um, you know um, Nubians, Nubians, Olmecs, whatever you want to name us, we've been on this planet, we've been walking around with the goddamn dinosaurs, and you know they'll tell you that the, the white right. man, you know, this scientists will tell you, you know, that um, that's how that's how long we've been on this planet." You know, so mm-hmm. we're beyond all of that. It's just that the cycles of time, you know what I mean, they put people at certain um, levels um, of, hi- you know, of hierarchy and then also, you know, high levels and low levels. So the circle of this cycle of time in which black folks in which we really had amnesia, you know, it's still been a short period of time compared to the, of our reign as right. black people on this planet. You yeah. see what I'm saying? Yeah. Uh, this, and, and, this, and this is a it's a very short period of time in which we have amnesia. We lost right. culture, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Right. And, and, and getting back to what you were saying from a historical standpoint, I always you know reference you know you know 
Nubia all the time. I reference Nubia. I know mm-hmm. Egypt was the was the became the 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 pinnacle of civilization based on the fact that they were literal, meaning that they wrote down everything. Uh, the 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 people who preceded the Kemites, Nubians, mm-hmm, exactly. you had the people of Nubia, but then, but then you had the people of Karma, you had the people of, of Meroe, you had the people preceded Egypt by a thousand years. They preceded Kemet by about a thousand years. The Egyptians themselves would tell you, oh, those are our cousins. But mm-hmm, the, the, yeah, yeah. the Kemites would also tell you, too, mm-hmm. the people in the interiors of Africa is their ancestors. Mm-hmm. That's what they said. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You see? Yeah. It's, so, true. It's, so, true. No, it's true. It's true. Right. So, so that's why I got to say, man, but again, we, we have to um, create our own p- paradigm from an African african central perspective, man. That, that's how I see it. I don't see it no mm-hmm. other way. You can, you can come to me with, 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 with something different at any time. I'm saying the only way we can do it is we have to, pres, per, you know, create a paradigm that's going to work for us because this has not worked for It's not working for us. It's never going to work for us. And, 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 you know, and like I was saying, if we don't get it together, bro, we're going to go into a third captivity. Watch. Watch mm-hmm. us. We will go into mm-hmm. a third captivity. Mm-hmm. You see, so yeah. so that's why I got to say, man. I'm I, I'm not gonna hold hold you along. I, I know Gary got another <laughs> caller, but uh, but a uh, good guess, Gary, and thanks, man. Thank you, thank you, Joshua. Thank you, Joshua. Now my take. I'm gonna ask you one more question. So sorry before I wrap this up. Um, in regards to what people Blackbush do, in regards to direction, if they should network, either relocate or wherever you want to do. I tell people many times that. We're now living in a global system now. And this mm-hmm. system has really been pushed more than ever in the last 20 years. That you as a black person in America, depending on your situation, financial or whatever, you're going to have to learn to network with people. Exactly. And that means you're going to have to stop being antisocial, which they're conditioning people right now <laughs> to be. I'm so yeah. be. Mm-hmm. Wait, um, I think you did went to after, right? Um, Luther? No, no, I haven't been yet. Um, I plan on going. It's the the closest I've been to Africa, I have to say, is Haiti because <laughs> that. Uh, I'm sorry, you know, don't worry, don't worry. If you have good, it's fine. But the the yeah. terms of Mitch, I saw a picture of the Egyptian. I don't know if that's a screen thing with the you and the um, the pyramids, but oh, the, the pyramids. Yeah, no more. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, that was in Mexico. That was in Teotihuacan. Oh, oh, nice. Um, anyway, my thing is this: to most black men and women, don't understand. This. Mm-hmm. Outside America, you cannot be antisocial in Africa. Mm-hmm. I'm going to give you a little game right now. I, I listen right. to Mr. Duke Jackson, and he's an mm-hmm. African right now. He tells you personally that these people in the content network, they work mm-hmm. with each other. Exactly. Us as black people in America, we don't have a actual custom right now or right now a certain um, thing with us that we're networking, work with each other in America like that for now going on more than almost half a century. Mm-hmm. Why I say this is because mm-hmm. when we, we're unified and we're, everybody is considered um, unified through civil rights, every black man, woman that had a business or worked with black people for whatever reason started to mm-hmm. burst. Like mm-hmm. roaches. Like roaches. Like mm-hmm. roaches. So now if people think, say, the America's up and you want to go somewhere, you better be damn sure well versus in socializing. 
Exactly. If not, that's true. You better get out of that now and fast. Because I guarantee mm-hmm. you when they do that go up there or have the opportunity to go up there, mm-hmm. they will have a better chance to not only survive but make it work in their fashion. The average black man or woman today cannot do that because we are not trying to be social. So don't imagine you go to a completely black nation. Mm-hmm. You went to the islands. You went to Mexico. I take it, mm-hmm. those are you went and found black Mexicans. Mm-hmm. Yep. Have, now, ask me a question. Are these people that you come across very sociable? Of course, yeah. I mean, you know, they were, uh, 100%. Yeah, 100%. And, you know, you know, they especially when they, they when they look like um um you know when they look like you and they kind of tell you're not from there and they want to talk to you about you know they want they want to find out you know you know what's up just like any other family member that you might have you know what i mean and mm-hmm. i that's one thing i just noticed um like you saying just the, the sense of socialism also tribalism i guess you might want to put them that as way you know that that as well um, but, you know, yes, 100%, you know, these people, you, you, you nailed it. Like, you nailed it. You have to be able to network, you know, with your folks, you know what I'm saying, with your people to be successful, just to live. Mm-hmm. And the reason why I mention is because a lot of people, regardless of how we view America, you're stuck as American citizen here, the average black mm-hmm. person. And I'm not saying black people are you know, have to be confined to this soil. But notice that outside here, if you're not developing these habits, developing these skills now, in life now, anything mm-hmm. you do outside America is going to be a failure. You're going to rush back here in a matter of months or a year. Exactly. I know, I know a few people, you know a few people that lived mm-hmm. Africa or lived anywhere and had to come right back here. Why? Because it got too rough. It's not a custom comfort because this infrastructure outside America is not that good. Outside yeah, America. Exactly. Mm-hmm. And my the reason why we have good infrastructure because we build it throughout the decades. Second to mm-hmm. Europe or China. Where mm-hmm. we have running water. Internet. Mm-hmm. Do I need to go more? Mm-hmm. These are things that sustain access civilization. Outside mm-hmm. here most people don't even got pot pissing and I'm not gonna go anymore. You you get what I'm point. <laughs> I'm saying. Mm-hmm. So when, when I hear this conversation, it sounds good, it sounds wonderful. But overall, to sell it to the Negroes here in America, black uh, men and no way. Yep. It, it will not work. Nope, no way in hell. Let me tell you all a secret right now. Mm-hmm. And, oh, I'm going to meet yourself, Joshua, because I'm not taking no more calls. Try to get this out. You're going to have to fight this bastard, this oppressor, one way or the other. Mm-hmm. Your ancestors that was took in captivity, and you hear? Yes, but they put in work to get you to this level now. Exactly. exactly. That tells you there are going to be more works until the day there's no longer a descendant slave living in America completely. You're going to put in some work to get what is rightfully yours. And I tell most black people here, you know what the fuck to do. <laughs> I have to tell you that. Those aren't tell you that, and no one has to tell you what you should be doing. I'm just going to leave it at that. I'm not going to have this yeah. conversation again. But um, the last question I want to ask, the religious side of things. Mm-hmm. So in regards to religion, not spirituality, mm-hmm. I had this conversation with um, 
Crown, you're different. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. What is your take and understanding of religion? How you see now as an well, older adult now, male, and now being what conscious? It, what's my take on, like, religion? Yeah, overall. Yeah, I mean, it, religion, most religions are just man-made. They're man-made at a specific time to control people to, in a lot of ways, just get to, to guide people with morals. But going back earlier, like I said earlier, it's like we predate all these religions. In our, you know, our ancient cultures predate these um, these uh, religions as well. So my take on it is if it works for you and it makes you a good person, then so be it. But it is no, it is not remotely close to the beginning and end all of anything as far as dealing with um, the time frame of the planet. You know, a lot of it, uh, a lot of the people in the Bible are, are fictitious characters. Um, there's a lot of symbolism in the Bible, the Quran, the Torah. There's a lot of, um, you know, um, plagiarism. You know, it, it, re- religion is a man-made thing really to control people and keep them in line, you know. So anybody that thinks outside of that box, you know, can truly start to join that journey of knowing thyself because they're, they're not inside of that 6,000-year time frame of, that, of those books. You know, they're, they're, they're beyond that. Their mindset is beyond each, each of those books. You know what I mean? So that's a free thinker. You know, that's a free individual, and that's a person that's ultimately being pro- uh, progressive and becoming conscious aware of true self. All right, nice, 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 nice. Um, well, one thing, um, Zosar, what is next on your journey? As a man, um, moving forward. Well, I'm um, I'm continuing to write books. Um, I'm kind of still just kind of pushing this book here. Like I said, you can um, go to my website www.yourbrozo.com, y-o-u-r-b-r-o-z-o.com, and my book is on there. Bicultural living and leaving the world of illusions. Um, I'm pushing the book. I'm writing books. Um, I'm starting to perform music. Um, what else okay. am I doing? Uh, what else am I doing? Uh, I don't do some. Oh yeah, I got a podcast in which uh, um, you know um, my podcast. I'm not gonna say it's different. It's just that I like to kind of travel around to different places, you know, around the country. Like I just, I was just literally with Crumb out in um, Cali, and I, uh, we did a podcast. I actually had him as a <laughs> him as a, a, a guest, as opposed to him, you know, um, um you know, interviewing other people. So that, that's quite interesting. I'm excited for that to come out. But that's pretty much the main thing. Just going to keep on writing, keep on pushing this book, you know, keep on meeting great individuals like you and talking, you know, having great conversations. So. Oh, that's wonderful, wonderful. Um, <laughs> one thing, since you're now in the podcast arena, um, mm-hmm. the only thing I could probably, I guess, advise, depending on mm-hmm. we could learn from each other, is if you're doing this podcasting, one thing, the best thing you could take out of it is to be as consistent as possible. Mm-hmm. As you know, um, me doing this personally for four and a half years, um, it's going to be five by the end of, or middle end of December, mm-hmm. that it is challenging. Mm-hmm. It can potentially maybe get on your nerves to mm-hmm. trying to come up with a subject but to hope that your guest comes on with their word to come as guests. And these mm-hmm. are things that I've learned personally. I think 
mm-hmm. so far doing this for a long time that I only had maybe maybe one or two, maybe two and a half guests, maybe three. I made two guests, and it's hard to remember because it rarely happens that they never show for a particular broadcast. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that's the more challenging of doing this as either a job or a hobby mm-hmm. overall, that you, you will get frustrated. You know? um, and like I said, consistency will be the pinnacle of how far you're going to take it, you know? Because to mm-hmm. get an audience that if you never build one from, you know, from other outlets and you start from scratch, it will be mm-hmm. very challenging because I find with the human beings or any being of any sort, the attention span is getting from bad to worse. <laughs> in my mind. And yeah. I know Joe, yeah. I'm finding it very much problematic moving forward as as we consider ourselves as a civilized people that if you're at the nation and your people have very low attention span, then mm-hmm. things that's in front of or things that's being hidden from them can be more easily be done now. And I think where most nations outside America don't really have the same attention span that we have here in America. All mm-hmm. this is orchestrated, all this is designed because they want to prepare people which they are engaging as forever perpetual consumers. And you're not going to accomplish it when people are more attentive or more taking detail of what they're doing. Mm-hmm. You want to keep them as busy more than ever. Keep them distracted. Yeah. Yeah. It's yeah. a old yeah. saying that they use during Roman days. Mm-hmm. Entertainment people while we rule over all. Entertainment is the best way of anything to keep people's attention span. Mm-hmm. You know? And the attention span now with the average human being here in America is getting lower and lower. So mm-hmm. like I said, these are the things you got to keep in mind when in your podcast journey from one brother okay. to another. Well, so, I appreciate that, brother. Uh, <laughs> but, but uh, I appreciate uh, the knowledge, brother. <laughs> yeah. So i like to thank you, Zosar, for your time and energy and for your wonderful book. And I'll tell people, please get the book. Um, you know, this book is like any other manuscript or work of art that you could learn something. And like I said, everybody falls under consciousness differently in their development. Um, mm-hmm. God knows, you know, I, I came across consciousness like, you know, around the same time maybe as Zosar. And I learned the hard way. You get me? Um, so not everybody's going to be the same. And, you know, like I said, you get it from his website. And like always, and I don't know if you email me. Um, those, did, I, did I have to email? I think you email. Maybe. If you can, you know, like I said, email me other links. I will put this in the description on my channel. Mm-hmm. You know, so you could not only get the book, but the website. Mm-hmm. I think yep. it's also on Amazon as well. Your book's on Amazon. Yeah, it's, it's, it's kind of like a one-stop shop. I got everything on there um, okay. um, as far as the book goes. Yeah, you can, on the website, um, it's got the podcast. It's got the, my music I've done. It's got, you know, pictures of me traveling around the world. It's got um, um, my book links to Amazon. Um, you know, it, it, it's kind of like a one-stop shop. You can pretty much figure out everything, you know, everything that I got going on there. Yeah, it's a, you kept it simple, which is a good thing. So it keeps people to really direct the ease for the website. 
So based exactly. on the time, get your work in material you know, and follow you where you're doing your actions and upcoming events. So I appreciate mm-hmm. it for being a guest. Um, hey, we might do it in the future for another broadcast. Who knows? We'll see. You know where to get me. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I like the, the conversation. This is good. Um, this is real good. Um, thank you, Gizzo, sir. Um, until next time, brother, probably keep in touch. Oh, and if you yes, have I, Facebook, I appreciate Twitter, you, brother. If you have that, um, if you can't email me that, I'll follow you on Facebook, especially, you know, kind of more active on there than other outlets, so. You said email. I'm sorry. You said email. You what now? If you have, if you have Facebook, you know, just let me know what you are on Facebook. If you have one, okay. I'll follow you mm-hmm. easier. You know, I use social media a little differently to follow some people okay. I have on. Yeah, so it's easier mm-hmm. to have many outlets. So, but, you know, you okay. give me all the information. But okay. thanks again for being coming on the show. You know, be safe. You know I'm saying, and for more greater success, I see in the. Future. I appreciate you, brother. I thank you. For, thank you very much. So let me come on your platform. I appreciate it. Yes, thank you. And to next time, <laughs> thank you, brother. All right. All right. Peace and love, brother. And I'd like to thank everybody for listening to tonight's stream. Um, I will leave the links to his website um, where you can get all the books, music, all the goodies, the good stuff. You get me? And support Zosar and even his up-and-coming books. I advise to buy his books as well. It has a wealth of knowledge, information, and you're not going to mess out. Trust me, I won't. Thank you all for listening to tonight's stream. Be on the lookout for the next podcast, you know, or stream of any outlets. You also can follow Chaos Rain on Anchor, Spotify, and all those other great um, outlets as well. So take care. Until next time, good night. Well, there it goes again. Another great broadcast and another good interview with my special guest, Zozar. Thank you again for listening again. And like always, comment, subscribe, and like this video. You can also follow me on Twitter at ChaosRain7. Thank you again for listening. Until next time, Big Chaos Rain!